Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. Or actually, you know what? I, th- I think... I think penguin would be good. Yeah. Uh, but knowing me, it'd probably be an ostrich. Okay. Okay. And probably like like, and that's the thing with an ostrich, you don't even need to wait to like open right. the window. Yeah, they're just there. You don't need to open the, the door. They will <laughs> kick the door in. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't say never more. They'd say something like like, you know, Bitcoin's coming back. Summer Reading Podcast, the podcast where a professor and a librarian, or sometimes a librarian and a professor, read and review all of the books you are assigned to read in English class. I'm your professor. My name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm librarian. I am librarian. Wow. Me librarian. <laughs> Me librarian. Me librarian. Hello. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Let's try that again. And I am... <laughs> your librarian. My name is Marty and my pronouns are she, her. And today we are not reading a book. No! Say. This is a first for us here, here at Summer Reading, uh, but we are reading a poem mm-hmm. today. Uh, the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. So good. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, it might be one of the most famous poems of all time. So. Yeah, and I- yeah, I, I was I was thinking about this earlier when I was reading The Raven, um, that I think uh, Edgar Allan Poe, if not the, probably one of, or definitely one of, um, the most famous uh, spooky people. Yes, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And I was thinking about, did you ever watch Gilmore Girls? I've seen like an episode of okay. Gilmore Girls. Okay, well, I've seen it way too many times and <laughs> and i believe there if i'm remembering correctly there's an episode where bullying edgar Allan poe impersonators and uh, I, I that really goes against all preconceived notions i have of what happens on the show girls <laughs> I mean, it's a very, very much a side story, but it stuck with me because... They didn't even write the story around that concept? (laughs) No. It's like they're having some town event and, like, there's these two different Poes that are going to be reading The Raven and, like, speaking as Edgar Allan Poe, and it's, it's very charming and silly and totally a thing that I could see happening because like I don't know you're a theater person yes because I'm a theater person and because I work in a library where we have had people like come in and do historical reenactments of like you know (laughs) if I don't get to read brown bear brown bear what do you see (laughs) there will be blood and it won't be my own it's yeah so anyway that I, I don't know why I mean, I do know why I thought of that while reading The Raven, but it was pretty, um, it was a pretty delightful memory. <laughs> the idea that you flash back to Gilmore Girls in the middle of reading The Raven right. and you have no idea where it's coming from. Like, hang on a second. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get that reference. I know so much about you, the Gilmore Girls. You know girls. all about the Gilmore Girls. I can tell you're faking it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Oh no! <laughs> and you're no. like, oh no, 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 not a, that is so far off. The Golden Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our our next mashup that we that we create. <laughs> of course. Okay, so the Raven. Have you read this before? I have. Yes. Um. I. Well, it's funny. It's one of those that I. I know I've read it before, but I also feel like it's so, um, is ubiquitous the right word? It's so much a part of um, yeah. culture. It just like pops up mm-hmm. all the time. Especially in October when we're When we are currently recording. recording. Um, although it won't air until, as you said earlier. Until the ta- Tales of the Glory season. Yes, the Tales of the Glory. <laughs> but um, so I have, I've read it before. And then I've heard it um, read and performed. There was actually a radio play that I saw. I can't even remember how many years ago, but one of their Halloween stories that they did was a reading of the Raven. Mm. Um, And they did sort of like the Foley sound effects along with it and stuff. Um, It was, it was kind of fun. Um, And then of course there's the Simpsons episode the Treehouse of Horror, where they the do... The OG Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, where they yeah. do the Raven. So, how about... That's Bart. Yeah, how about you? So, I uh, sat down today <laughs> um, to to read this. I I blocked out so much time, but I got caught up watching my, my little superhero shows um, that I, I really felt like an undergraduate racing to get the homework in on time for the record today. Um, but I was like, sort of like, it, it'll be fine. I know what we're reading tonight. Um, and it's The Raven, because I was yeah. positive I had read The Raven before. Because um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe comes up multiple times over the course of my, my English career. Yeah. Um, so things like uh, Follow the House of Usher, Tell oh, the Heart, yeah. um, Pin the Pendulum, you know, these stories always come back. But I could not for the life of me remember a definitive point in time where I had sat down and read this poem. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. Because, um, I, and I say this, I don't even think I watched the whole Simpsons. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because like, it got to the point where I don't watch... Uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't watch The Simpsons for their take on Edgar Allan Poe. I am shocked. Um, so, shocked and appalled. <laughs> so it, it it seemed like the joke was Homer was the speaker yeah. and Bart was the raven. And other than that, it was just a reading yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of the raven. And I was all like, ah... And plus, I, I was in October when I was watching it. We were uh, binging The Simpsons. Gotcha. Okay. So I was like, Plah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was seriously a I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get the it. Joke. Whatever. Yeah. That's really yeah. funny. And, and so, so that was it. So I couldn't remember. So this yeah. might as well have been the first time I think sitting down and reading it. But you know, you, you know. It. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. Quoth the Raven Nevermore, right. probably one of the most famous lines. Wait, Quoth or Quoth? I always say Quoth. I say, qu- I say Quoth. Oh, I say Quoth. <gasps> All right. I don't know if we're going to agree, agree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> either way, <clears throat> either way, one of the most famous lines in poetry, yeah. Yeah. whether or not you um, pronounce it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say gif? I say gif. All right, okay. Yeah. I I, I felt like leading the witness. (laughs) (laughs) Just giving you my pronunciation. I do say GIF because GIF is just peanut butter to me. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. So I will say I do have a memory of reading this, I believe, in high school. It was in, you know, when they give you the English textbook in a high school class. The huge fucking anthology. Exactly. Cardboard. Yes. You know, it's like a brick. You put it in your bag and you just go and you start swinging. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So this was in the Poe section of that. 
Um, and I believe also, I think the Telltale Heart was in there as well. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. So yeah, I do have a, a somewhat, somewhat distinct memory of actually reading it, but um, again, it's also just there in the atmosphere yeah. of the world. So let's 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 get into Poe. Let's talk about him before yeah. we get into the the poem. The poem. The poem. Um, so Edgar Allan Poe, born 1809, passed away in 1849. Oh wow. Um, and I want to preface this with he he's not known for being a happy person. No, no. Um, he's a pretty miserable fucker. Yep. Um, a dour consistently. fellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because absolutely, like, throughout, like, like every new chance for him to be upset with his life, mm-hmm. he either had to deal with or took on voluntarily. Yep, yep. Um, because I was going through it today, reading up on Poe, and I, I like, I, every, every new thing I read where I was like, oh, yeah, that sucks that that happened or he lost that person or those people acted that way. But he does not seem like the kind of guy who knows how to make things easier for himself. Right, right. He's not exactly dealing with this in a, a positive way. <laughs> I, like, like Edgar Allan Poe, I'm sure we're happy that we have poems like The Raven and we have stories like Telltale Heart. Totally. Uh, not a dude I would hang out with. No, God, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatsoever. He like even even pictures, even pictures of him. He looks like you know <laughs> that camera. That you could just shoot me right now. I feel <laughs> I would not be scared. Yeah, I would not be relieved. And it's not that that thing of like old timey photographs. Nobody's smiling. It's not even just that, like, because you you can see these photographs of people not smiling because that was not the thing to do, but mm-hmm. but Poe he just looks yeah like one one foot's already in the grave man here I go he looks he looks like he is a grimace yes yeah like just a grimace walking around yeah and I'm talking classic you don't really know what to make of the situation but you're not in a good mood kind of face yeah. Um, not noted McDonald's mascot. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> um, I would not be taste buds with Edgar Allan Poe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, died when he was only 40? Yeah, damn. So, so that's, uh, you know, not a, not a long life. No. And not a, not a happy one. <laughs> so, um, he was born in Boston, so he's local to us. Woo! Um, and we have the, uh, the Worthen here in Lowell, mm-hmm. um, like famous, like he, where Poe would drink sometimes ah. and you, go to the Worthen, you can order the Raven. That's um, so funny. Yeah. It never had it. Um, <laughs> you should but, try it someday. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to go through all of the foibles of his sort of depressing life, but yeah. you know, uh, I I think I'll I'll mention uh, the famous thing, which is fell in love with his cousin Virginia, mm-hmm. um, and they married, mm-hmm. and she passed away of tuberculosis because that that was in at the time. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, like what else is there? Yeah. What else is there to say? Like, without this being an Edgar Allan Poe chronicle yeah. of uh, life's potential misfortunes. Um, it's pretty. The, like, he, he strikes me as a self-sabotaging. Yeah. So, sort of dude. Yeah. Um, outside of the fact that he had other other sabotages in his life. Right, right. Um, but he, he uh, I believe, was sort of a wallower. Yeah, he stewed. Yeah, he stewed. He stewed. For sure. Yeah. I, I like to stew. I dwell. Mm-hmm. I dwell, you know, wallow on the mm-hmm. weekends after church, obviously. Clearly. Um, and, <laughs> um, oh, and actually, I will say, he was uh, he was a critic. Oh, okay. Um, he, 
he was a critic, so he was a literary critic, and um, I don't remember. I was I looked it up. He had a nickname. Uh, it was like the Tomahawk. Oh my god! <laughs> the Tomahawk. Let me That's here in this awesome. article. If I can, yeah. <laughs> Poe developed a, a reputation as a cutthroat critic, writing vicious reviews of his contemporaries. His scathing critics earned him his great scathing critiques, earned him the nickname the Tomahawk Man. Wow! So that's from Biography.com. Okay. Um, I, I, like, I, I, do we have people who have similar nicknames? Well, that's interesting because I Simon I, Cowell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it like yeah of all the people that I wouldn't want to write a review of my work <laughs> like Poe is really low on that list you know well, it's also like you, you can't really you can't really even like point the finger back at him yeah because he, he's like famous for short stories yeah right like, fa- like like it's not even like well you don't even know what you're talking about like a lot of critics that's like like well, it's like jokey, right? Yeah. A lot of critics were just failed creators. Right, right. Um, which I don't believe in. Uh, but, like, he, Poe is an accomplished, he's an accomplished writer. Yeah, um, yeah. I have, uh, I have this here. I'll show you. Ooh. This is my uh, Fall River edition of Edgar Allan Poe Complete Tales and Poems. Oh, my God. That is a tome. Uh, yes, it is. I love it. It's a beefy boy, this one. Um, and, uh, he's, so he's, he's got, dude's got bars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's just like, like, of all the people, of all the people that, like, I feel like I'm just never going to please this person. I mean, that would be Poe, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if you had him over for dinner, there, there would be nothing that you could serve him that he would be like, well, this is delicious. It would just be like, everything was you know, had this kind of, uh, dismal fog over it. Um, so yeah, dang, I would not want him reading and critiquing my work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. So, uh, The Raven. Yes. The Raven published, uh, was published in 1845, Mm -hmm. uh, by the New York Evening Mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of like a, a, a blockbuster yeah, success yeah. in its time. And I, I would say it's still it's still pretty much a banger. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say as the spooky ghost. Yeah. Um, as the spooky ghost. Woo! Um, shut up, Jack. Uh, and, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, and it, it, it was one of the things that sort of solidified him as like a writer on the scene totally so he 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 published semi-frequently um but even while publishing frequently he still had uh financial troubles yes i um, i had read that it the raven brought poe a lot of fame but he was still sort of always struggling financially. It didn't bring mm-hmm. him, it did. It wasn't a cash cow. It was, mm-hmm. it got him invited to a lot of um, salons and um, social gatherings and really put his name out there into the world. Um, and he became sort of renowned for his recitation of the poem, but it didn't like make him a millionaire. If you had to guess, what do you think Poe spent money on? Alcohol. Oh, all right, okay. You know, Am I right? No, no, I, for some reason I had completely forgotten that alcohol existed. <laughs> I'm here sitting, uh, I'm sitting here drinking my Diet Coke. Feel like I'm fancy because I poured it into a Coca-Cola glass. Well, I am drinking my um, alcohol-removed wine, so you know, dressed-up grape juice. Yep. <laughs> uh, but fuck yeah, mm-hmm. alcohol. Okay, answers mm-hmm. that mystery. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, 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 you know, if the shoe fits, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get fuddled. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So. 
1845, The Raven comes out, published New York Evening Mirror, and um, it it was like tonally mm-hmm. sort of engrossing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the Raven, if you're not familiar with the Raven, um, is a poem has a rhyme scheme, you know, not not a long poem, not a short poem, a good medium you know, sized me- medium sized poem, yeah, um, and it's a narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this this speaker who is trying to read. Yeah, uh, it's dark out. He is assuming it's a he. I think it's a he. It is, you yeah. Know, we're pretty yeah. confident. He he's trying to read and sort of distract himself because he's grieving the yeah. loss of his love, Lenore. 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 Yeah. And uh, while he's trying to read, there there comes a knocking on the door, uh, and he doesn't know who's there, and it's a bird. So the bird, <laughs> the titular raven, mm-hmm. um, flies in, and lands. On a, a bust of Athena, mm-hmm. um, and uh, says never more <laughs> a lot. Yeah, guy keeps interrogating the bird and getting fr- more and more freaked out until uh, there's just this pervasive sense of dread. Dread because yeah. you know birds ain't supposed to talk. Yeah, this one, uh, this one can talk, and even worse, won't answer his questions. Right. So, uh, so that's anything you would add. Um, the only thing that I found interesting about the talking Raven, cause I always did kind of wonder like, where did this idea come from? And I read that it was inspired by a work by Dickens. Um, there was a talking Raven in a Dickens, um, story called Barnaby Rudge, which I have never heard of. And I hope I wrote that down right. But um, I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like, you know, he's like reading Dickens and then like there's this talking raven and he just gets inspired to write this amazingly famous poem. Because I had always thought, oh, maybe it's just because the raven is this huge dark bird and it's this ominous foreboding, you know, um, figure. But I thought it was kind of cool that there was a um, – a literary inspiration attached to that um, mm-hmm. from one of his contemporaries. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Initial thoughts on on the Raven. So I well, first I love this book or book. God, this poem, and I forgot until I started to read it how how the rhythm happens and yeah. where where the rhymes are happening. And I really love the way that Poe plays with um, with rhyme in this poem because it's not um, – there are distinct patterns, but it's not always the same. Um, it's not, you know, like an ABAB, like – every rhyme is at the end. It's like some of the rhymes are right next to each other. Like in the um, third stanza, and the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. And I just like reading that, I'm like, oh God, I love that. Like that that thrilled me, filled me, the uncertain curtain, like it, the... Um, the rhyme scheme I just think is really brilliant. And it's there's got a bounce to it. It does. Yeah. And it, and it, it's so, it makes it so easy to read. Um, and it makes it easy to read aloud and well, <laughs> which I think might be part of what made it catch on so well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like a, a catchy song. It's what made uh, it's what absolutely incensed those um, impersonators on Gilmore Girls. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. There there were a whole bunch of these rhymes because I printed it out and I was just going through and underlining things that I liked or things that I had questions about. Um, but what was the other one that I wrote? Oh, I. I wrote down, love this, next to um, (laughs) 
Surely, said I, surely, that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is and this mystery explore. And I'm just like, lattice, thereatis. Like, I, like how, I just, that's so great. <laughs> I, I like to think that Poe, he's at his, he's at his writing desk and he's like, okay, what rhymes with lattice? Right? Yeah. It's just, there's something, um. There's something so fun in the way he is playing with the words in this poem, mm-hmm. um, which is cool seeing that it is such a dark and um, it's not even a, a depressing poem, but it's just like a dark and um, dismal and it's, it's spooky. Like, it's psychological. Yes. Yeah. Like going through the, I think the, the, ter- the, well, the term that Sparknotes used, and I think is sort of getting its, uh, there's a rise in popularity in the past few years of the phrase psychological horror. Mm. Where something itself might not actually be scary, mm-hmm. but with the command of atmosphere, discomfort, plot, character, the way you can manipulate those mm-hmm. uh, can create something horrifying, mm-hmm. but uh sort of in the psyche and i like i point to movies like midsummer mm, okay um, where and like it's a horror movie but it's always like bright as day mm-hmm. um and there's fucked up stuff that happens in m- midsummer but you're you're really not you really don't have anything jumping out at you yeah it's not like uh, a, like the same mood as like a slasher film or something like yeah that. yeah yeah it has like the same body count but it doesn't have the same vibes interesting yeah, and so where whereas we have something like the Raven, where like we if we look at Poe, I think I think a lot of people refer to him as sort of like a master of the short story, a master of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's a little arrogant, um, ter- terminology wise. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he he knows what he wants to do, mm-hmm. and he does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so have having a like a, this poem, it's like. Uh, the the form really really inspires that vibe of the sort of unsettlingness yeah. like like the the meter the meter when we have the lattice the thereat is like yeah. we sort of have this sort of like repetition of sounds that we're already familiar with because he's used them before right and it's almost like they pick up speed it does yeah as it goes yeah Yeah. it feels like there's a a velocity to this poem and it also that repetition of um like lenore lenore nevermore nevermore Mm -hmm. um that kind of sends you on like what you were talking about this like psychological spiral of this this man who is just getting more and more trapped in his grief and more and more um, unsure about like where, where, where is my love now? Where am I going? Like, you know, all of these questions of um, sort of the, the hereafter (laughs) and this (laughs) this kind of like haunting feeling of like, like, oh my God, she's gone and I don't know where and I'm not going to know where. Yep. And how do he, I deal with that? He, he, the narrator, mm-hmm. is freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And not only does Poe make a note of informing us, like, hey, I'm freaking the fuck out right now. Right. But we also feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like e- even if there weren't those moments of like, oh, I yelled, I screamed, whatever. Yeah. We'd still be, we could still be able to embody the the language here. Yeah. Um, in that way, that's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, there's yeah. a bird talking. Like, yeah, because the language is carrying the emotion, and that's yeah. like, um, I, I took this really fun class in college. It was an acting class, and it was. It was called um, Detonated Language, and it was about how certain playwrights, certain writers in general, they they write in such a way that if you are performing this, you actually don't really need to do a lot of work. You mm-hmm. just kind of need to speak the words as they are written, and then the language carries you, and I feel like that's what Poe does with this poem. Mm-hmm. Um 
I, I think that even if you started reading this with a complete flat affect, as you go on, as you get into the rhythm of the poem, that voice of this panicking guy is going to just seep into your delivery, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like I, I found myself reading bits of this aloud to myself. I don't know if you had that experience as well. Yeah, I did it with, with yeah. both of the ones that we're doing. Yes. T- oh, today. God. Yeah. 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 The other one I can't wait to talk about <laughs> as well. I mean, I love the Raven, but um, yeah, I, I really, this one, it does. It just carries you. It carries you down this um, spooky spiraling rabbit hole. That's mm-hmm. really, really um, powerful and really fun, but in like a, in an unsettling way. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. It, it is a fun. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it, and it's, I think it's fun because it does challenge you a little bit. Yeah. But it's also fun, I think, because the, the narrator is just a regular person. Yeah. Um, he, he's like incredibly grounded, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he's shaken by grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I think is an incredible success is the the utter humanity mm-hmm. um, in which this character is trying to sort of make sense of his situation. So you can kind of you can you can embody the the idea of uh, of this a, a dude trying to hold it together. Yeah. Um, where he has this love who he lost. Uh, he's like, wh- where, where does she go? Uh, what, what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it's like anything would have, a- anything could have put him over the edge. Yeah, it happened to be a talking raven. Yeah. Um, but it it could have been anything. Like like he could have stubbed his toe. Right. Right. And totally. And we we'd have a we'd have a poem called the the swelled toe. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you could do it, but. Um, uh, what I, I love about this character is when he starts to feel unsettled, he does the very human thing of providing the reasoning, the, like the very logical, mm-hmm. oh, that's what this noise is mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like when he hears a knocking, he's like, someone is there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he investigates it. And so like every every little thing that happens up until he can't like sort of deny situation anymore he will say well that could be this or that could be this or that could be this and even when the raven enter like enters his chamber and is is perched on top of the bust he he kind of does again that very human thing of like I'm not going to let this freak me out. I'm going to let it entertain me like I'm going to like sit Mm -hmm. my chair right under this raven and like like have a conversation with it and see what it says. Like it's a talking parrot kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Which is which is again like like you He's were like, saying. He's like that's birdist. Yeah. <laughs> like it's this very um, human response to an unknown coming into your world when you're already tenuous emotionally. I, I love I love the reading of the bird is actively fucking with the dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, of, like, the idea that the dude's like, I'll use you for entertainment, and the bird's like, well, fuck you, then. Right, right. I was just here to deliver your mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never yeah. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there, there's this moment in um, Neil Gaiman's book, American Gods, that if if I remember one thing of, of the book, it's like, one, Neil Gaiman loves ravens. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a lot of ravens. That in, is not surprising to me. In, in Gaiman lore. Uh, but there's this moment where uh, the, a main character has an encounter with a raven, and the, they say, I think, it's, I think it's Shadow. I think his name's Shadow. says, say never more to the <laughs> raven. And the raven says, fuck you. Um, <laughs> and That's so, great. I like the idea of this this raven just being an 1845 mm-hmm. example of the same exact conversation. Mm-hmm. Where totally. Is 
this guy's like, dance for me, bird. And the bird's like, mm-hmm, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Um, yeah, I... Oh, there was something I was going to say about that, but it's gone. Continue. Talk. Talk more about what you were thinking. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I, fe- I felt well, like I wrote something down about that, and I now it's gone. So Okay. Well... Uh, I, I describe that sensation as like the the futility in consoling oneself. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of the inability to talk yourself out of loneliness. Oh yeah. Um, and and like you you can try to be as uh, rational as possible when it's like, listen, I am lonely, but I am doing this this thing and this thing and mm-hmm. this thing. Um, but it's very difficult to not be lonely anymore. Um, until you connect with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there, there's this great isolation in The Raven mm-hmm. where this man, he's alone, both physically, like in the room. Right. Geographically, he's alone. But also you have that emotional loneliness of losing someone you've loved. Yeah. Um, and try then trying to have this connection um and then a bird comes in, and he's yeah. like, "Okay, one weird, two, maybe it's a sign." Yeah, right. Um, and then, and then, like, we can even look at it as like the stages of grief. Yeah, that this go this guy is going through, where we we get him in sort of this bargaining phase. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, it, like the bird, maybe it comes from that Plutonian shore. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of references to mythology throughout yes. this. We have. We have the palace, bust of Pallas, which is Athena. Um, and we have Plutonian Shore, which is Pluto, mm-hmm. uh, Roman god of the dead. Um, also n- noted uh, honorary member of the planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have this moment where this guy is like, well, if this guy, if this raven is from the afterlife... Maybe he he knows her. He get he can give me some answers. He, yeah, it's like it's like you have a friend, like you meet someone who lives in Chicago. Yeah, and you had a friend who just moved to Chicago. Yeah, and you're like, oh, she just moved to Chicago. Maybe you know her. Right. And it, it not know like Chicago is a whole city. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a whole yeah, city. Right. So it's like I am one. Like even <laughs> even if that even if this is what is happening right now, I'm one bird. And you expect me to know one lost soul right. on, the, on the beach of the afterlife? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, and that's a, another, it's interesting too, because it is that, that whole thing of like, I don't know if this is true of every human, but I feel like there is a very human tendency to, when you're in a, a grief situation, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling um, sort of abandoned or all on your own, you seek out signs everywhere, right? Like, so so he sees this bird come in and he's like, oh my gosh, it's a sign. It's a, you know, a sign from the afterlife. And it gives him that glimmer of hope. And then that hope is just, the bird says, fuck you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the hope is just dissipated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, maybe this bird is my is my dead wife. Right. But it's pretty likely that this bird is a bird. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's um oh man. It is like when you think about you know, anybody who has lost someone and who has been through these stages of grief and then like if I had read this like right after losing a loved one, I think it would hit me so differently mm-hmm. um, than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, bird do you think would visit you? Ooh! Oh God! I kind of feel like it would depend on who it was, <laughs> right? <laughs> like <laughs> I love it. You're in suburban Massachusetts, and there's a flamingo. Yeah. Pecking at your window. At the door. <laughs> yeah, you open the window and drop, just drop some shrimp like, on your on your bed. It says "fuck you." Yeah, I would say "fuck you." Um, well, who who would your bird be? What kind of bird? Um, <clears throat> I I like the idea of a penguin. Oh, that's a good one. Um, or actually, you know what? I th- I think 
I think penguin would be good. Yeah. Uh, but knowing me, it'd probably be an ostrich. Okay. Okay. And probably like like, and that's the thing with an ostrich. You don't even need to wait to like open right. the window. Yeah, they're just there. You don't need to open the, the door. They will <laughs> kick the door in. Yeah. Uh, and they wouldn't say nevermore. They'd say something like like, you know, B- Bitcoin's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's actually really funny that you say that because I remember when I was in, of all things, when I was in like eighth grade, I was friends with this boy in my class. And for some reason we were talking about like, if we, if, if we died, what, like, how would we come back and like say hi to the other person? And my thing was I would come back as a flying squirrel and I would like. Oh, I love that. I, I yeah, that I would, probably right. Like, I was like, yeah, I'll like, I'll come and like, I'll just like swoop over during the funeral, and then you'll know that like, oh, that's Marty. It's like yeah. she's she's good, right? You, you would you would fart, but it would not smell like yeah. you. <laughs> it would smell like their fart. <laughs> but yeah, like I let. It's such a funny thing to think about. Like, if I like. If I were to come back as a bird to, like, say hi to you after I died, what bird would I be? <laughs> I think you should just commit to ostrich. Ostrich is a good one. Because li- living here in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's good to be. The chance of happening across an ostrich. That's how I know it's real. Yeah, but I would rather <laughs> I would rather be a penguin. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I, I guess they're similar. I feel like it's more mm. likely yeah. to have... Like, like we're, we're going to the aquarium mm, next week, mm-hmm. and they got penguins there, and and they don't have ostriches there. They don't, but they might at the zoo. Where's the zoo? <laughs> Franklin Park Zoo, right? How? Where? Wait, <laughs> you know the last time? Like, I could pinpoint crystal with crystal clarity. The last time you went to the aquarium? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There was a time in my life I knew I knew more breeds of jellyfish than I did cats. Wow. And and, and you know what? I'm a little ashamed that that's no longer the case. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I know as many breeds of cat <clears throat> as as breeds as of jellyfish. jellyfish. Yeah. But I could like, York up in York is that there's a zoo zoo there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there? Do they have ostriches? I can I remember? No. I. Cause like here's the thing. Yeah, an ostrich. The chance, the chance of an ostrich knocking on my window after your death. Yeah. Is very low. Yeah. But it's never zero. That's true. That's true. All right, Jack. Ostrich it is. <laughs> <laughs> If I kick off, that's what you're getting to visit from. <laughs> Assuming there's an afterlife that allows you to send a bird. And if I die, friends. you're going to fart and it's going to smell like me. Perfect. <laughs> Talk about psychological horror. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. Do, so there's one thing I, I was thinking about with this. Um, getting back to the poem. So Lenore is, she's a figure that shows up several times in Poe's work, right? Yeah. Do we know, is she, is she one person or is she just sort of, this is his go-to name? I was just curious if you had read anything about that. No, I hadn't. But here's what I want it to be. Okay. I want Lenore to just be a sound Ooh. that Edgar Allan Poe Likes. loves to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, like he's he's walking through some tavern, and in his head, he's he's like Lenore, door, more, sure, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just. 
Like it just it just works. For, I, otherwise, there's probably some huge scholarly. Oh, I'm sure there is investigation into. We'll into see. Lenore, that's but, why I asked you because yeah. I was like. Jack, like, actually does research. <laughs> Whereas I just show up like a slob and I'm like, hey, this is what I liked. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. I, I've never really loved Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Um, I I like Edgar Allan Poe enough. Mm-hmm. But but there are other things I, I just like more. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I like the way he sort of branches out into pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the sort of word cloud of Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. is really great. Because I, I know French writer Jules Verne, huge fan of Poe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I like that. And I like um, I like the book, uh, the novel Pym by Matt Johnson. Oh, yeah. Okay. If, are you familiar with that one? I haven't um, read it, but... I, I, I love that book. I, I really enjoy it. And if you're unfamiliar with that, Edgar Allan Poe wrote one novel in his life. Uh, the narrative of Gordon Pym or something like mm-hmm. that, um, and I've never read it, but I all I know is that it's wildly famous, no, wildly notorious for being unfathomably racist. Sounds about right. Um, and so you sort of have you have the writers, contemporary writers like Matt Johnson, mm-hmm. who sort of turn the concept of the book on its head. Cool. Um, in a way that's really fun to read it's a mm-hmm. fun book to read and you can also see it's like reclaiming of narrative yeah yeah um, in, in that book so i'm it's like, always here for that i love yeah, so like, i love reclaiming narrative like i, th- I think that's the best <laughs> seriously yeah like, yeah um yeah. <clears throat> absolutely and so like like i i really like that book and I, I i i some books i'm like i could take it or leave it yeah but other books i'm like i will always want to have read that book right right um, and uh, we wouldn't have that without without <laughs> Poe. Po, yeah, yeah. Um, um, at, at the time, so uh, I think there's also something about the mania mm. around Poe because I think I, I think he is sort of the progenitor of a lot of the modern spooky. Yes, like that we have had creepy as long as we've had people. Of course, of um, course. We've had creepy, we've had fucked up, you know. Uh, but I think the, the, the thread of, like, what if this thing is just screwed up enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that you get the, the, the train wreck. Yeah. You get the, the, the train wreck principle of, I'm not going to look away. Yeah. I'm not going to look away. This is a very measured, uh, measured response. Because I think, ultimately, the raven... It's not that complicated of a piece. No, it isn't. You you can you can give it to high school freshmen. Yeah. Um, and say, what do you think's going on there? Yeah. And at the very least, they'll say, I think it's interesting the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then then they'll be like, I don't know what they're at means. Yeah. Right. What the fuck's a lattice? Right. 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who's who's palace? Like, yeah. <laughs> You, you still get the music mm-hmm. of the poem, and you still get the repetition of um, "quoth quoth the raven nevermore." nevermore. Right. So, so you, you you like get these re- repeated. You get this repeated imagery. You get this repeated language in a way that it's like okay, it keeps coming up. How can I connect this to other parts of the poem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think one of the reasons it's so successful is because I think it's fairly accessible. I agree. Yes. Um, yeah. It, I, I think that the twilight principle of accessibility. Yes. Yes. And I do, um, I think the fact that it is, it's a straightforward narrative. Um, yeah. You know, this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Mm-hmm. Is, is how the poem reads. Whereas if you read some other poetry, you really have to be willing to go on the journey with this mm-hmm. <laughs> with this so, poet. You know? So much of poetry is it made me feel this way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then sometimes you can't even articulate why. Right. Right. Um, but th- this one is th- this one. The Raven is a successful poem because it's like there's not enough for it to be a short story. Hmm. Um. And may, maybe these days, in, in the era of flash fiction we're in now, mm-hmm. Poe could, po could pull it off. 
Right. Um, but he's writing in a time of, like, longer, shorter fiction. Yeah. Um, than, than we have. Uh, and the, if the story was a man mourning a loved one tries reading at night and then hears a knocking and lets a bird into his house and the bird frightens him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when it's not, it's not got that punch. Yeah, yeah. You know, totally. of course, you know, the synopsis removes some of the nuance of the situation. Of course, of course. Um, but it, but it's, it's fairly like, this is what this poem is. Yeah. I, I, you read it because um, the horror the man experiences is unfathomable. Yeah. But the poem itself is actually very fathomable. Yeah. It's well within the realms of fathom. It is. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, and so it's... I think that's also part... That's why The Simpsons is able to do it. Right. 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 That's why they can take... Also, it's free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't yeah. see... You don't see The Simpsons cracking open a book of Ocean Vaughn <laughs> anytime soon. They're not... Jesus. I <laughs> hope <up>. never. <laughs> yeah, oh, my pulling, God. <laughs> pulling Vivi Francis off the shelf. It's oh, not, my God. Yeah. It's not how that's going to... The second Homer goes up and starts reading bullet points by <laughs> Jericho Brown. You're like, I don't know. I don't know about I, this guy. I don't know if this one. I don't know about this one, Homer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> stick to Homer, Homer. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. That is, it's it's a very accessible poem, and um, and Poe. Yeah, Poe in general. I think he's. As like a as a spooky writer or you know even like I would call his work some of it is like low grade horror I would say, um, and this is as somebody who does not read horror at all I don't I don't consume I don't like being scared <laughs> it's not it's not a thing that I enjoy um, and like I was remembering one of his stories where somebody somebody is buried alive <clears throat> I can't remember Ca- cask. Yes, yes, it was Cask. Yeah. It's one of the that's yeah. that's one of the top billing stories. You got yeah. Cask of Amontillado, you've got Telltale Heart, right. you've got Follow the House of Usher. And I remember reading Cask probably at the same time that I read The Raven the first time and being like, "Oh my god, that's so scary." You know, and like that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not um it's it's not far-fetched like it's not or I, I shouldn't say that but it's something that like i seal up people in my basement all the time. <laughs> it's something that you could you could see um, so easy after you get them drunk they're wearing a stupid hat <laughs> just uh seal, like, seal them right up behind the bricks yeah it's hey fine. you want to check out my basement boy howdy do I? <laughs> um it's uh it's understandable, I guess is what I mean. It is accessible mm-hmm. in that same way. Like I think all mm-hmm. of his work is like that, and it's it's just creepy enough that like you can read it and still sleep at night. You know, it's it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not gonna like. It's like a it's like a comfort spook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, sort sort of in the vein of like. I can watch a creepy episode of Doctor Who and right. not have a nightmare. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, this is like yeah. a, a, the again like a, a sana, sanitary. Yeah. A sanitary idea of spook. <laughs> to, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I welcome it. It's like a, it's a manageable level of of creepy. Yeah. Um, which I think also speaks to its credit, his credit, because it's like me. If you're, if you don't like being scared, but you want to do something spooky for Halloween, right? Right, it's there for you. It's there for you, totally, totally, yeah. All right, a- any any final points? No, I don't. About think it before so. we go into rabbits. I I think I'm good. I feel like I said all the important, the, the super important things that I had to say about this poem. <laughs> I think I got them all out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, then let, let's let's get into it. I hate rabbit. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, 
It's two rabbits. Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where Marty and I rate the book or poem as it is this time around mm-hmm. uh, on a scale of zero. Do we go as low as zero? Hey, yeah. I think we usually do one, one to five. One to five. Right? I don't know. One to five. Are you... <laughs> zero to five. We... One to five. Uh, well, on a scale of five rabbits. Five rabbits, yes. On a scale of five rabbits, uh, if we're if we're feeling saucy, we can go down to zero, <laughs> zero one day. Um, down there with uh, our our opinion of Lord of the Flies and New Moon, um, <laughs> um, with it. So, uh, so Marty, t- tell me, how many rabbits would you give the Raven? So I'm giving the Raven a solid four. Um, Four. Yeah, I really, I really like this poem, and I forgot how much I liked it until I reread it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I think a little bit of it is because I'm a word nerd, and I'm really loving all of the the rhyme schemes. I love the way it carries you, and I love, um, I love poetry read aloud. Um, I'm actually just really big into reading things aloud mm-hmm. um and all right i've got i've got one for you yeah brown bear brown bear <laughs> what, what do you do you see, see? <laughs> um i see a red bird looking at me uh, <laughs> five rabbits <laughs> <laughs> yes that's my first five rabbit brown, it's brown bear <laughs> brown bear is five rabbits every time um yeah so i would say the raven the raven gets a solid four for me um because this is one that i could see i could see myself wanting to like learn this by heart and and just like have it stored in i don't know if that that will happen but just to like to have this stored in my in my person in some way i think would be cool um Mm -hmm. so yeah i dig it how about you what how many rabbits I'm going to go three and a half. Aha. Tell me why. Tell me why. I'm just not feeling more. (laughs) Um, Because I I like the Raven, too. Um, I don't feel it in my soul. Okay. Um, But if if I like anything about it, it is... uh, It is the interaction between the rhyme scheme and the meter. Yeah. It it, it is the the language through which Poe tells the story Mm -hmm. that really really engages me. Because otherwise... Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. Okay. I'm not, I don't feel it. Uh, I think it's like you read it and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's great. That's great sometimes, but it's not like fanatical. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think there's a lot of Poe fanatics. Oh yeah. Out there. Oh yeah. He's, he's up there. He's like, he's like what people read. Someone gets into Poe. Poe is what they read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, this, this, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, that's fair. And also it's what you're looking for when you read poetry. Because depending on depending on your your self and, and your relationship to poetry, sometimes it's mm-hmm. like it has to make me feel something big. Or yeah. it can just be like, oh, it's just a fun poem. Like, and and it could also be both. But but I see, I I get what you're saying about like, it doesn't. Uh, maybe it doesn't like ding all of the the feeling spells. It it doesn't spark joy. Yeah. But, but it's got like embers. Embers. <laughs> embers, embers of, of joy. joy in the tray. <laughs> it's like it's like. It has it has sparked, but not currently sparked. Yeah, that um, that sounds like a poem in and of itself. Embers of joy. Embers of joy. Embers of joy. It's a YA novel coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the main character is named Edward Edgar. Um, Edgar. And, uh, and his boyfriend Poe. Yeah. <laughs> and the bitchy girl in class is named Lenore. <laughs> And Edgar thinks he loves Lenore. Yeah, but really, he loves Poe. He loves Poe. Yeah. And it's a story about self-love. Oh. And also, Lenore has been a ghost the whole time. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. All right, we there need to go. write this. You ever see someone make a billion dollars on the spot before? <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing it right now. <laughs> or hearing it, rather. Yeah. <laughs> the book's uh, just called Nevermore. Nevermore. <laughs> oh god i love it 
I feel like you should be writing this down. Jack. No, no, it's called like I. It, I think that'd be good, but I feel like the high school is never more high. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like that's that's it, and then you've got people in there like, like like the teacher is Mr. Hart. And the classmates are like the ushers. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the gym is called Amontillado Gym. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all, it's sealed up. It's all sealed up. <laughs> For renovations. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that this is such a good idea. There's no way something like this doesn't already exist. I'm sure it does. I'm sure. <laughs> If nothing else, there is a fanfic board. <laughs> Never more high. <laughs> Never more high. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Summer Reading Podcast. Uh, we have been the Summer Reading Podcast. I, I had to, like, look down to, like, see where did I, where did I have my credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we... You have been listening to the Summer Reading Podcast. This podcast was cre- created by myself, your professor, Jack, and uh, our librarian, Marty. Our music is from Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at nathan.morrissey77. Our editor is my brilliant, amazing, lovely, brilliant, amazing mother, Rosa Maria. You can find her on Etsy and on Instagram at crochetwell, all one word. Marty, tell us what the email address is. Oh, the email address is summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us a note. Let, let us know. Let, yeah. If there's anything you want us to read, if, if you have cherished memories about the stuff that we read, please mm-hmm. send them our way. Please. Um, uh, again, we have been the Summer Reading Podcast. Please join us next week where we read... <gasps> it's another poem, people. We're reading... The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. Yay! Hope to see you there. Goodbye. Bye!